is A Brief Healing, and I am Sensei Raven Ekunayo. So, this episode is pretty special. It's special because this is one year later. Now, mind you, we're about a few weeks later uh, from where the pandemic first started here in the United States, at least when things really first started to shut down. During that time, a lot of us in the Misfit universe were going a little stir-crazy. Uh, this is the first time we were kind of stuck in our houses, didn't really know what we would do, where we would go, because those options were few and far between. Uh, you know, for those of us in Atlanta, we had like the sample of a finger, but for most of the country, <laughs> they were, they were, you know, sheltering in place. So these two amazing spirits came together with uh, this idea of bringing everyone together at home, but you don't have to feel by yourself. You don't have to feel alone. Community exists even if you're in a space where you can't move around and physically be in the presence of others. And that is where Black Gay Stuck at Home began. So I'm honored to have these two beautiful spirits here with us today as we celebrate the one year anniversary of BGSAH, which started on April the 10th of 2020. Misfit Universe, you're all familiar with Mike Ward, and you all got to hear last year Josh Jenkins. So once again, welcome these brothers to the Misfit Universe and the Healing Space. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? Burr, burr, burr. <laughs> How are y'all doing? We here. You know? Right. <laughs> That's a blessing in and of itself. <laughs> Happy anniversary to you both. Thank you so much. <laughs> so looking over the last year, what has this journey been like for the two of you? Well, first of all, even though I had you guys on here fairly, fairly early on into the creation of Black Gay Stuck at Home, for the misfits who may have not heard that episode, kind of give us um, an introduction to how all of this first started, the relationship between the two of you and how you birthed this, uh, this journey of BGSAH. So, okay, what is the official story? The official story. Yeah. <laughs> drink, drink more wine. Um, so I, I need to go dig around and see actually how long we've been like Facebook and like followers of one another. But uh, FYI, like Michael and I don't, add, we've never actually met. So mm -hmm. um, still to this day, we haven't met. Um, <laughs> but we were, uh, you know, social media friends and such. And um, he had posted in late March, maybe, um, his uh, a photo of his copy with his copy of Punk's, the Patrick Ian Polk film. Um, uh, it's pretty rare find only like the diehards have it and mm -hmm. so uh, he was like oh you know who should like we should you know do a screening or something of this you know and I was like damn that's really that's a good idea and I had been <laughs> thinking about that movie as well and um, so I hit him up and I was like we should really make this happen we should make this a thing and then it became a thing and we've been doing it bi-weekly ever since with only like a brief little break for, you know, sanity and holidays. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, here we are. So being someone who, you know, puts together a podcast several times a month, once a month, things of that nature, going through the editing process and all that kind of stuff, uh, getting guests uh, and just that whole journey. I know what it's like to have to put something together and put it out there for the masses. What has that journey been like for the two of you? 
You know, I've had conversations with Mike offline as far as some of the behind the scenes stuff that you guys have to do. But, you know, for the Misfit universe who are listening, what is some of the work that you all had to put into it and how difficult has it been to be able to present this to your audience? A lot of work, y'all. This has not been easy. <laughs> um, a lot of a lot of work, but it's definitely all worth it every two weeks. I think kind of like when we started doing this, like, oh, yeah, let's do this every two weeks. Like, it'll be it'll be easy. Right. And then once we actually started getting rolling, them two weeks started hitting quick. It was like just literally as soon as we were either getting done with the screening, we were trying to get the next screening together. Um, so it was it was a lot of planning and it was a lot of feeling our way through it and finding our groove. Yeah. But I feel like we hit very, very quickly. Um, especially like with the first few films, I think it was kind of just easier. Like, oh, let's do this. Let's do light. Okay, we're here. We've got these films. Um, so that part of it was really, really, really seamless. Um, and luckily at the beginning of the pandemic, it was just like a simple ask of getting people in the room of saying, hey, we're doing this thing because everybody was pretty much on a pause. Yeah. Um, so it seemed to be very ambitious for us to do it every two weeks. Um, getting guests, getting movies, getting the graphics, promoting. Um, and pretty much we just hopped on a moving train. It's kind of how it was. And we just felt our way through it as we went along. Um, but my personal journey as far as like <laughs> adding this to my plate um, was uh, a challenge. I don't want to call it difficult because this has definitely been a blessing for me as a creative person. But um, in the beginning, I had really just transitioned to shooting CMP's Revolutionary Health from home. And so I was shooting like three episodes every Saturday. Um, after we would do screenings until like midnight, I would have to get up at like 10 in the morning and literally record three episodes of Revolutionary Health, interview people, have guests, do all of that thing sitting in this spot, as I would say so much for literally like most of the day, mm -hmm. on top of all the rest of my commitments, acting, uh, the nine to five, trying to have a little bit of a life um, and still maintain my sanity through this pandemic. It was really, really a challenge for me and my balance and learning my limit. And I really love to do a lot of stuff. That's that's me, the conversations we have offline. Like, Michael, please pace yourself because I'm always popping up and doing something. But um, it's definitely been rewarding. I think, like I say, the, the reward of it is still that we're doing something um, meaningful and impactful to the community just that we've received to me definitely make it worth it those nights that I'm tired and I'm half awake and uh, you know I'm just like Jesus I don't know how I'm gonna get through this it, like okay but it's definitely it's definitely a lot of work like I say I think that was kind of the and coins yeah. Oh yeah. Let's oh yeah. This real. cost. This she cost costs money. She cost. <laughs> that was also something. Um, um, you know, as we were going along with it, it's like, oh wow, we're really doing this because we love to do it because we're doing it. Um, you know, at the beginning for free, but then it's like, whoa. <laughs> okay, these these costs and things like that add up, and definitely, I think with having partners like CNP and uh, the Healing Space Podcast and Jacked. Um, in the beginning, um, Team Racine, so many people have been supportive. Quarantine, um, 
I, I wish I could just call everybody out that has donated to us because we have such great family that um, has donated to keep these screenings going because y'all, they cost. They, they cost <laughs> yeah. for us to put this together. So um, I don't know, I've learned, I've learned a lot about, you know, the process of doing this as well as learning a lot about myself and my limits and knowing my, my balance and my breaks now. So it's, it's been a ride. This one year has been a ride. What about you, Josh? Um, similarly, I think like I am a workhorse. I like to work, um, and balance has been something I've struggled with in the past. Uh, you know, my therapist would say that with his whole chest. Um, and so I think that the saving grace of this is that it's not just work, it feels like a passion project still. It feels yeah. like it has, like, even now to think about what we could continue to do with this now, like beyond just what we're sort of doing now is, is really energizing to me. And so even though logistically it can be a hustle, cause you're writing emails and you are, Michael's doing all the Instagram social stuff and you know we're trying to determine films but we're also trying to do it the right way so we're trying to contact the like you know these production studios that you know uh, have the rights to try and actually you know legitimize these things and not just show something on the, on the sneak tip um, and so once you get through all of that and you get to, to Friday you're like okay I'm not we're not going to do this anymore right <laughs> and then we go into the screening and then people are giving so much love and energy back and saying like this is what I look forward to every two weeks and anytime somebody says that I'm like okay I'm still in it um, because that's that's why we did it in the beginning and it continues to serve a purpose which really means that this was necessary even pre-pandemic absolutely sort of absolutely that community has been consistent throughout especially like you know physically speaking we we have so few spaces these days physically social spaces um, some folks who are showing up every two weeks, they don't even have anything where they might be. So this is important. This feels like the same thing, you know, when you would go to happy hour with your friends on Friday or you would go to the club on Saturday night with your friends. So like this is that for some people. And so knowing that makes me in it. That's um, a wonderful lead into my next question. Wonderful. And that question goes in the direction of what you said as far as the audience that you all uh, have that join you every two weeks, what has that meant to all of you? To have, you know, well, to the both of you, for every two weeks having hundreds of people join you guys for each of these screenings, you know? To have people from all over the country, and I'm fairly certain the world too, who come and join you for these screenings. Like for the for the two of you, with this being, you know, this idea that you all had for possibly a one-time thing, and to see that every time you all do it, the room fills up with people. And I'm gonna get to the chat later, but there's nothing like a BGSAH chat. <laughs> what has it meant to the two of you to see people be so dedicated to joining you guys every two weeks? For a year. I mean, so I, I get the email confirmations when people register and I'm always like a numbers sort of like nerd. And so I'm always looking to see like, okay, are they dipping this week? Are we finally losing momentum? Whatever. We have never, like, sure. 
top of the pandemic, everybody was in the house. Right. Even with vaccines and with social distancing and places opening up and people are being cautious and but now going out into the world. Right. The numbers are still pretty steady and we still see the same, you know, 100, 150 people showing up every two weeks. And then that fluctuates depending on, you know, folks gravitate to certain films versus other films, schedules, et cetera. So to, to know there's a core of people who expect us every two weeks is a good feeling. Um, and then we just get all of these sort of anecdotes that say like, I mean, everything from like, you know, I love coming and hanging out with you all, all the way up to like, like you don't realize that this actually like saved my life in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And that is like, like I have chills even when I sort of say that out loud. Like that's just like, I've if you can do that for somebody else, then like, yeah like i gotta keep doing it you know absolutely absolutely what about you mike yeah i think um i realized it kind of um like the first time because dj josh jinx is on the ones and the twos as we have the dance party and i kind of noticed it like um of course with the first one when uh we did punks um the first time and patrick ian polk was in the room and we had like hundreds of people at that time at the top of the pandemic, but it didn't really kind of hit me um, until we started doing the dance party piece of it at the end. And um, we would highlight people and kind of see like the different variations of like people um, that came with the ages and people were having date nights and they had us on the TV screen and they had full blown lights and dancing and getting their life and going with the choreography. And I was like, oh my God, like it's, people from all ages, all spaces, all locations that are like bringing us into their into their home. Like this is this is a lot. And then, yeah, the messages like that we get, I, I get really emotional like every week <laughs> um, and I have learned to curb it from, from really getting on my like emotional soapbox. But it really does come from the heart for me to be like that people want to sit with us every two two weeks and they 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 come faithfully like that really means a lot to me and maybe it's just the actor in me that is like oh my god that heart drop feeling before like you walk out on the stage and it's like oh my god are people out there and then you're like okay people actually they came they showed up and um they sit with us in the in the messages like uh, like josh said that we get it's just i mean i had trouble with that like how do i I sit with this what do we do with this when it's like this saved my life and I just want to hug you and I want to like love on you and say that you know you're valuable and you're worth it and pour into people and and do all of these things so I'm I get very emotional you know (laughs) by that third glass of wine about 11 o'clock and I turn it on it really it really is um something like I said I didn't even know that I needed this so as much as it touches people it touches me as well too to to do this I need this as well being black gay stuck at home so yeah there we go that that part I need this as well Mm-hmm. nice I like that uh Josh so Mike had brought up uh you DJing earlier which you guys continue <laughs> to help me with the segues because that was this is going to be my next question uh how much of what you guys do is organic meaning it's not thought about ahead of time it happens you're just like oh this is gonna work like what you do at the end for some people who may come into the room you know they they enjoy the screening they enjoy the uh the interviews with cast and directors and everything afterwards but i i can only speak for myself 
and some may think that this is a, a little too deep, but there's something really beautiful about you playing the music at the end. In my mind, it's always like, it's this celebration of queerness, this celebration, this safe space for who you are. So that's what I always think of. Like I think about when I was younger, you know, and it's like when the club lets out and you know, the lights come up in those instances, cause you know, we, we, we can be honest, there are some catty people, but in the instances where the lights come up and people start hugging, you know, and start talking, you walking out arm, arm and arm out of the club together. That's the feeling I get at the end of BGSH when you start playing your music. It's like, here's an opportunity now that we've had this community together watching the screening for us to really just jam out together and you know, some have some fun and allow ourselves to just be free. We're going into the weekend. So this is the perfect opportunity for us to just enjoy ourselves and don't have to worry about getting up to work in the morning. This is the great way to go into really enjoying our weekend. So how organic was that for you? Did you know from the beginning this is going to be every single one or did you go by the um, reaction from your audience? So it's interesting because I think the first, I can't remember, but the first, I know the first one we didn't, we didn't have any music. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I was petrified that night anyway, because <laughs> at that point we had like 500 people who were registered and I was like, what is happening? Oh my God. It was a, it was a lot for me to just push play and hope that my computer didn't crash. And so, um, so I think at some point early on though, I think we, we, we were like, okay, we've got a groove here. We know kind of a structure of what we're doing, uh, you know, in terms of timelining out the film and if there's a Q&A or whatever. Um, but then I'm an act, I have five million playlists. When making playlists is a, is a natural sort of habit of mine to sort of like curate sounds for moods or for weather moments or for whatever. Um, music is always around and in what I'm doing, whether that's like work or play. And so I was like, what would it look like to, you know, keep, sure, silence is great, but what would it be nice, what would it, what would it be like to have a musical moment at the beginning as people are gathering, as we're waiting, um, and then also go like full out at the end with like upbeat, joyful music that would make people move. And so that's why like throughout the week, I, I created a, a Black Day Stuck at Home playlist and I'm just like, ooh, that's a great song. Let me just add it to that playlist. And mm -hmm. so I just sort of start to pick the things that feel uh, relevant to the moment. And so much of what we do is really uh, based on the feeling of both the room that night, but also what's going on sort of in the world. And so we oftentimes, that's how we base our film selections. It's kind of why there's a two week buffer and we don't announce the, the sort of next film until closer to that Friday, because oftentimes we're choosing things based on the sort of climate yeah. and saying organically, is this, a, is this the thing that feels right for right now? We've made decisions that have changed quickly because of like political climate or social climate or whatever. Um, and so I do the same thing when it comes to the music. Like sometimes we need a look, we need we need a, a song with a message, and sometimes we need to be stupid dumb and we need to you know do whatever. So um, so yeah, and then trying to also pepper in a lot of the, the sort of queer musicians or queer sort of like uh, centered or, or present um, figures that remind us of what makes us happy when we go to the club. So we're gonna get the divas in there and we're gonna get the feel good stuff. We're gonna get the cookout music moments if that's what it's given. So so that's a really important part of it that I think we uh, 
didn't think would be a big deal. I just wanted to play some music, but now people stick around like, and some people have their cameras on. Some people are like, yeah. I want you to see me dancing. There's a whole lot of people who stick around with their cameras off because they get in their living room and they having a good time, which is right. cool too. There's no need to be performative on our calls. It's whatever you need to take from the space is what you take from the space. Being someone who has been uh, a part of this from the very beginning, I've seen how the chat room started. I've seen where it is now. So flat out, what has the BGSAH chat room meant to the success of Black Gay Stuck at Home? I mean, it's a part, it's a part of it now. Like to, to, to the people who are like, oh, can you turn the chat off? No, we're not. Because <laughs> it's the same thing as, um, being in that space of being in the club and the dude whispering in your ear and like grabbing your waist as you walk by and like hollering at you or even your friend from across the room that you like, girl, give me another drink. Um, so it has that same feeling to me um, of now so many people, you know, are doing the roll call, letting us know where they're from. People have met in different cities. Like, I mean, it's, it's so instrumental to what we do. And I think especially with the first one of Patrick, like being so generous with his time and literally as the movie is playing, just dropping nuggets about like casting in the film or this is where we shot it and this is what it meant to me and highlighting the actor, highlighting the music, um, people telling their memories about the first time that they've seen the film or um, being in New York or being in this club or remembering what that club is like. And one of the things that makes it special too is that we have these intergenerational conversations. I'm getting yeah. so excited. These intergenerational conversations of people that like drop links to other movies or other articles or things that really touch on like where we were and where we are currently. Mm -hmm. um, and I now keep a notepad of like copying and pasting certain stuff that people drop um, in the chat because uh, we got film recommendations and a lot of times of what people want to see from that. But it, it definitely feels like hanging out, um, hanging out with family now, you know? So I a lot of times say BGSAH fam. And I think too, when we have the the filmmakers and the actors, um, they haven't had an experience of watching the film with the room full of a hundred people with instant feedback, yeah. you know? Like how many times, you know, um, even when Samson came, the comedian Samson who um, is very dear to my heart and he's been, what, twice and he's just generous as well of like getting that feedback and uplifting the queer community and seeing how people feel about it. like. That's why we have the chat. And that's why, no, we are not turning the chat off because it's such a big, it's such a big moment, you know, of what we do instead of being isolated, you know, in this quarantine at that time or feeling like you're by yourself. You've got people to talk to and some people that may be in the same city or shouting out people's birthdays. Like, how will we know that if people didn't drop it in the chat so we can love on you or these events or um, different things that happen in the world just to hold space for people and give them, you know, joy. And especially this week with the trial and everything that's happening and, you know, more shootings. Sometimes people just need to say, "Woo, it's been a, a week. You know, this touched me. Let's get this off. And they need a place to to share in that sense of community. And that chat be popping. Listen, I'll be trying to keep up. I'll be trying to keep up with it. And it, as well, I think it gives um, people a great opportunity to ask questions as well. And it doesn't feel like Josh and I are just, you know, um, 
just simply there and y'all are watching us. It really gives people an interactive feeling like you get your questions answered or things that you want to know about the film. And I mean, how many opportunities, again, do you get to sit with Patrick Ian Polk or Nathan Hell Williams and Daryl Stevens from Noah's Ark and, um, you know, uh, Doug Spearman and Josh's fave. Vanessa! <laughs> yes, like how many opportunities and times do you get to do that on a Friday night of really feeling like you're interacting with, with the community and these guests, you know, and getting to share these nuggets. So, and I mean, that's the them, part that... And giving them their flowers. Like, yes! That has yes. been such a big part of it, has been able to like, yes, getting your questions answered for sure, but being able to say like, you made a difference in my life or Absolutely. something like that. These folks are like not ready for that when they come in. Absolutely. So I'm uh, I'm not gonna say favorite because I feel like that's unfair the suit for the two of you. But for these next two questions, I'll frame it in the, in the sense of uh, impactful or uh, how did it touch you? I'd like for each of you to share out of all of the movies that you've uh, shown over the last year, which one touched you the most and why? Now, it could be a lot of them. So I'm asking you to choose one. As the hosts, of course, those who are in there with you know, especially Mike talking about how emotional he gets, knows that they have an impact on you. But in this moment for the Misfit Universe, choose one. So whoever thinks of it first can go. Misfits, these are always like the questions that just make me stare at Raven. <laughs> Why? Pick your favorite baby, okay? Pick it. <laughs> what is your favorite episode of your podcast? Um, so, okay, so I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> oh, I can. Don't get it twisted. You, I, I'm um, ready. You guys will have to help me with the name. Of course, I loved, um, it was uh, from, from Zero to I Love You, right? Mm -hmm. um, I love that one, but that was because, you know, that's special to me with Mike and I actually going and seeing it with Doug Spearman in person. So that holds a special place in my heart. But he I, thought I kissed him. <laughs> I, um, I can't think of the name off the top of my head. So if y'all could help me, D is chocolate in the name of the movie? Chocolate Babies. Listen, that's mine too. That's mine I too. did not expect that experience. I loved that night so much. I love that. I love the movie. I love the question and answer. Like that was a good night. And I sat there and I was just like, I didn't think anything because that came after Vanessa, right? Wasn't that after Vanessa or was that before? Um, no, that was, was before. before. That was before? So yeah. it must have been something, maybe was Zero to I Love You before it? It was something that was so good that came before it that I was like, there's no way we're going to have a Q&A <laughs> that's going to be better than. And the movie and the Q&A were so amazing. It's so awesome how, you know, the, the cast, the directors and everything just allow you into the world and the process. And, you know, they're so free to talk to the people. And even if you think in the chat room, you might be like, oh, they may have said too much. They always love it. They always love it. <laughs> and they're like, no, right. Right. whatever. And we're here for it. So, yeah, so that's my choice. So hopefully that gave you all enough time to think about what y'all wanted to say. So mine is Chocolate Babies as well, um, because um, for, I remember key things from that that were like, wow, this is interesting. So. <laughs> 
folks, that banter between the audience and the filmmaker in a way that was constructive, but also like really, um, you know, allowed the filmmaker to say, yeah, that was an interesting choice. I probably should have done that. Cause I think someone said, why did you have to kill the, the trans character off? And then the director was like, yeah, that probably wasn't a good idea in hindsight. You know, things that were of the moment, of the time, et cetera, et cetera, being addressed and sort of talked about in a constructive way that wasn't offensive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that felt like, there was film talk happening. Like there was like, for the filmmakers in the room, they were kind of getting their life. Um, then we had Michael Lynch come in and Michael Lynch was one of the cast members, but like was, it has this amazing career. And she was like, oh yeah, you know, when I used to be in the, on the stage with Marsha P. Johnson and I was like, what? <laughs> like, yes. you know, and then on top of that, this was a film that had no trailer that I could, we could share. I, I remember crafting a summary or tweaking the summary to try and really get the essence of what the film was to try and get people in the room because it was a it was a gamble. Yeah, you, it was a it's a movie that not many folks have seen. It wasn't widely distributed when it was out. It was it's hard to find now. You can find it sort of online somewhere through Stephen, but the film was a gamble. I knew the film was a gamble, but people took a chance on it, and it was so rewarding because the film itself is beautiful. Um, and so that's, it was, it just hit it from all the angles. It was like the chat was popping, the Q&A was popping. Um, the film itself was uh, uh, worth uh, repeat viewing. And so I think like that was a really special evening, but I can't, I can't not talk about Vanessa because Vanessa came to VGSAH, Vanessa V. Williams, okay? <laughs> that was just a moment for me. It will go on my grave, it might go on my gravestone that Vanessa talked to me. Um, <laughs> that was a moment and that was a reminder that of all of this, people literally are generous. Like at their core, people will show up. And all we did was say, hey, we're doing this thing. We want to celebrate this film. We want to celebrate you. And she was like, yeah, I'll come. <laughs> like, so that, that was a good reminder that, you know, even in a pandemic, you can sort of ask folks what you need and then people yeah. will say, yeah, I'm down. Yeah. So uh, one of the most significant movies for you, Mike? All of them. That's why I was letting y'all go. All of them um, were impactful. Um, they, they really are. They really are for their all different reasons. So let's go through them one by one, all 25 screenings. Um, <laughs> um, I, I would say special moment and impactful as well with some kind of Christmas uh, with Davion Harless. I think um, also like kind of realizing by that time, you know, by December, like we were pretty much like kind of hitting, for me, I was kind of hitting the ball and I was just like, ooh, we just gotta make it. We just gotta make it like um, to right before Christmas. And um, I remember like seeing the, the previews and the trailers, everything for some kind of Christmas coming out with Davion and I was like, this is like an opportunity for us to be able to support a, a, a queer film about Christmas. Like how many Christmas films do we have um, that are out there telling queer stories that are indie, that are also having premieres in a pandemic. So people are actually in movie theaters and we have an opportunity to bring this film to a platform and it can be seen by 
people across the nation. Because originally with Some Kind of Christmas, it was just an Atlanta premiere, um, three sold out nights, three sold out nights in a pandemic in a movie theater, which is commendable in, in and of itself. And so getting to have these conversations with Davion, like, hey, we really like, this is our platform. We want to lift this film up. It's Christmas time. We want to like um, bring some holiday cheer, you know, to people. Right after Vanessa Williams, like, how how can you top that, right? <laughs> and so I think that for me was impactful because I, I got to see it in person and have these conversations with him and say, we now have this platform where we can highlight these kind of films that are just coming out, that have rolled out, sold out of movie theaters, and now we get 100 people in the room that will now be able to see your film and support it um, on the platforms that you have. And I think to me it was like, oh my God, we're actually, we're like, we're able to have that impact that people still want to come through and have a Q&A and we get to tell our stories, you know, we get to have those moments of laughter and of joy, even through the midst of some of the traumatic things that your parents may not be accepting of, you know, the person that you love. But at the end, it was still that happy go lucky feeling that I just felt like we really needed at that time as I was about to hit the wall and crash. And this was gonna be a Christmas in a pandemic. Most of us weren't gonna be with our families, you know? A lot of us couldn't travel. And so just to be able to bring that joy to people really, really, really meant a lot. And to go out to me on a high note, you know, we started with Patrick Ian Polk, you know, who is now like, creative punks and Noah's Ark and P Valley and like he's you know really built his legendary status you know to me and to end with uh, an indie queer film and to uplift somebody who's up and coming that has been in the community and employing black LGBT actors and we propel him forward I was like wow wow friend Josh we did that shit you know so I think that was most impactful for me. And I think that was some of the best sleep that I had <laughs> that weekend after doing it, knowing that it was like, whew, you know, we did it. By that time it was 19 screenings. I'm, you know, the numbers person is Josh, but I just, <laughs> you know, by the 19th screening, we were just like, okay, you know, like we've done this literally. Every two, every two weeks since April 10th of 2020 and ending December 18th of 2020. Like we did that friend. So, you know. Well, just so the, just so the, you know, going, know, really Mike is mentioned 2020, but they've continued on from January until now. Oh yeah. They oh yeah. We ain't stopping. We got to, <laughs> we're not stopping yet y'all. So yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of we're not stopping, what is next for BGSAH? Oof, um, that's a, it's an ongoing conversation, right? So I think like, I call it strategic planning. So we're trying to figure out like, what, what does not only the ne like next screening look like, but like, what does, you know, six months from now look like or a year from now look like? And so I think it's a little early to say, but like, we have ideas bubbling outside of this, the sort of like, thing we're doing now, which is screenings. Yeah. Um, and so that's gonna be kind of cool to explore. It's like, 
how do we create a platform that continues to do some version of what we're doing now while also maybe doing reaching out into other things to help support queer filmmakers right to, to do all these other sort of like things that we have like roaming around in our imagination so i think even when like thinking about in-person things i have like you know ideas of like can we like tour this sucker so that folks can actually like sort of you know we go from place to place so people can start to build those same networks yeah, and community yeah, yeah. in person that they've you know been trying to do online because of a pandemic um how do we insert ourselves into pride like you know all oh, these like, other kinds of things on. and so you know i think that there's like the world is our oyster and at this point it's like you know not to say that we're the only ones in the space showing you know uh, film that centers black queer narrative but um we're doing a different version of it and i think we can adapt and build that into something pretty um pretty awesome so i'm excited it's such a vague answer to say like i can't tell you but like you know, <laughs> i think that that's uh the essence of how we're moving uh forward <laughs> So this episode is uh, airing on the 21st of April. And on the 23rd of April, we'll be celebrating the one year anniversary by bringing it all the way back around full circle with a screening of Punks. So is there anything that the Misfit Universe can look forward to with uh, with this celebration that you all can mention? I know you guys are, are good for keeping things under wrap. <laughs> is there anything you can share with the Misfit Universe right now? Or do we all just have to make sure we're in the room? You never know who's going to be in the room, people. So Somebody's going to be there. People will be in the room. People will be celebrating with us. People will be dropping gems on you guys when you register at bgsah.com for Friday screening. So come on, have fun with us. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a cocktail. <laughs> Is, are you only gonna have one? That's it? I was like, A, okay. <laughs> to start with, I'll have a cocktail. <laughs> um, but yes, look forward to a lot of fun. Look forward to the lit chat. Look forward to community of sharing space, of having fun yelling at the screen, cheering at the screen, looking at Rockman Dunbar. If nothing else, <laughs> like the the thing about punks is that like literally you can't buy it nowhere. So why else would you not want to come? Like you could see, like even for the folks that came the first time, it's like you ain't seen it in a year. I know you, you'd be watching the same movies on TV every other week. Come on, <laughs> like refresh your memory with uh, this really sort of awesome and still sort of working its way out of print kind of film. Um, hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, it'll be available sometime soon. But for now, like, it's a rare movie to be able to share experience with um, and experience with other folks around. So that what alone, great but way. we do got people coming. So don't be like, what a great way to be able to sell why they should be in the room. You can't watch it any other time. Where else you gonna watch it, sis? <laughs> mm -mm. <laughs> Where you gonna go? <laughs> It's been a whole year and you were in here before. You know you need to see it again. You can't okay. just turn it on whenever you want to. Right. I love, I love Drag Race. Love that Drag so Race much. will be there tomorrow. Come watch this film you can't watch with us. Okay? <laughs> ah, that is awesome. So as, as Mike shared with you guys a few seconds ago, go to bgsah.com and RSVP ASAP. It's a lot of letters going on. Um, would like to thank... Um, Oh, excuse me, would like to thank 
Mike Ward and Joss Jenkins for being here with us today at THS. Uh, this has been a brief healing. We're gone, misfits. If you want to be able to walk with us on social media, that is THS Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, underscore THS Podcast on uh, Twitter, and we are TLM.com. Uh, which one of you would like to tell everybody where they can walk with BGSAH? Michael's really good at it. Walk with us at BGSAH.com. Follow us on our Instagram underscore BGSAH. Every two weeks, we will be there for you. RSVP, get on our mailing list. So walk with us, misfits. I'm sure you will love us. Yes, for the voice. Yes, for it. <laughs> All right, misfits. We will see you next week. Until then, love you. Namaste. Mwah.